Hooray, it's Monday, and I'm Kevin Eustace. All of these things are correct. You may notice a slight echo around the place, and if you do, well done you, you have noble ears. That's because I'm recording in an empty apartment. Yes, I am. We still have the keys for the place, and it's still ours till next week, so why not record here? I'm using this as a massive recording studio. And also, if anything paranormal happens here now, I'm technically, well, not even technically, I'm literally on my own. So yeah, you may hear me smash through the third floor window and splat onto the pavement, but let's hope that doesn't happen. What we are going to do today is we're going to have, obviously, a paranormal review where I review things so you don't have to, and then we're going to listen to your, yes, your, you, the listener, your terrifying ghost stories. Yes, we are. Normally, we would end with a Reddit corner from Becca, but she is, as you would expect, all join in after me. One, two, three. Busy. When is she not? No, she really is. And um, we can't even do a phone call with her today. So instead, I'm going to be hosting Becca's Reddit Corner this evening or today or whenever you listen to this this morning, if you are. So yes, it's me doing Becca's Reddit Corner today. She will return next week when our house moves and everything else has returned a little bit more to normal. Um, And hopefully that'll happen sooner rather than later. I can say that much. And for all of those who's got in touch, concerned that they will no longer have updates on the neighbor's cat if we move, I think it's time to tell yous, the neighbor's cat's coming with us. Hooray! She's still the neighbor's cat, and we will take her to our new house. Yes, we will. Theft, if you will. But the neighbors seem to be okay with it. So yeah, we're not going to lose her. She's always the neighbor's cat. And before we burst into the paranormal review, I'll just say I had a funeral to attend today of my uncle, which was very sad. He was a very lovely man. But I did notice something. It was a Roman Catholic funeral. And I thought I'd forgotten and lost all my Roman Catholic church knowledge. But next thing, after the gospel, my hand genuinely, automatically crossed my mouth with my thumb, crossed my neck, and then crossed my chest. And it done it automatically. And I freaked out because I was like, I didn't know that, that, but I'd done it in tune with everyone else. And it's weird how these little things must like remain latent within yourself. And when you hear a keyword like... This is the gospel according to John. My thumb went, cross there, cross there, cross there. And I was like, oh my God, good job there's a priest here because I need an exorcism. Yeah, just thought I'd share that with you anyway. But before we do anything else, I need to say a big thank you to our Patreons. Now, when you sign up to Patreon, not only do you get to support the show and me singing your name out as a thank you, I dare say, you also get access to over 150 Patreon-only episodes to binge. Half of them will be me rambling, which I do on a Wednesday, and the other half will be paranormal podcasts, which I do on a Sunday. So why don't you head over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts and join us. And we have eight new wonderful Patreons that we need to say thank you to via the medium of song this week. We have Caroline Fillingham, Shannon, B. Nelson, Ryan Hesselrode Bertka, Andy Simpson, Chrissy Klablacha, Samantha Ellis, and Sky. I've got to get all them in a song. Good luck me. The guitar is well and truly out. Let's give this a go. Three, four. Caroline Fillingham, Shannon, and B. Nelson too. Ryan Hessel wrote Bertka, and Andy Sampson too. Chrissy Klobacha. I'm so glad that you signed up. To Patreon, yeah Like Samantha Ellis and Sky 
ended this on a very weird seventh there, but you get the gist. Thank you to all our wonderful Patreons. Don't forget, if you want to sign up, guys, go over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. Now, let's have a paranormal review, shall we? Hooray, it's time for the Paranormal Review, where I review so you don't have to. It doesn't make sense. Anyway, you wonderful people, what am I going to review today? Well, today is a little bit different than most weeks. It is still a paranormal subject matter. Yes, it is. And something you should definitely check out. I've only just turned on to it recently. A friend turned me on to it. Is that okay to say? Does that not sound sexy? I don't know. Nor care. Anyway, it's called What We Do in the Shadows. And it was a film. It's a comedy, basically. It was a film and then the film spawned a series. And the series has Matt Berry in it. And if you know Matt Berry's work, he tends to play the same character in everything he does, which is Matt Berry. And therefore, it's amazing. He's the guy who talks like this. And um, it's just amazing. It's on Disney Plus at the moment. So if you haven't got it, try and get a free trial off someone. I don't know whether you can stream it anywhere for free. That's probably illegal, but you know, if you do that, then on your head be it, but do it. Um, what we do in the shadows, it's a series about vampires coming to terms with living in America. And it's hysterical. So it's not a truly, you know, it's not a real paranormal thing. I'm not saying go, oh, what's this? It's real, it's terrifying. But it's a paranormal subject. And it took someone saying to me how good it is. I've seen it about, and I've thought, nah. But someone said to me, no, you need to get a chance. And I did give it a chance, and I'm very glad I did. So go and check what we need to do in the shadows. It's a comedy. It's brilliant. It's worth your time. If you're into the paranormal, you'll probably get a load of references that they put in. So go give it a watch. It's on Disney+. Plus. Two thumbs to the sky. Yeah, it's that time of the week. What was that? Yeah. Sound like I fell off a wall. Yeah. Anyway, it's that time of the week where I get to read your wonderful ghost stories that you've sent in. Don't forget, guys, if you have a ghost story and you'd like me to read it out, for after all, that's how the show works. And the email address is contact at talkaboutghosts.com. Now, someone who has emailed in is Taya, and she writes, Hello, Kevin. Hello, Taya. I will start by saying I'm okay with you using my name. Thank you. <laughs> Damn you, Kevin. And to thank you for the podcasts. You're very welcome. They've helped me get through the pandemic. Becca and yourself remind me of the UK versions of my best friend and his partner. You all have some of the same mannerisms and speech patterns, so I felt like I was getting to visit with friends. That's very nice. Thank you very much. I was turned on to your podcast from Ghost Story Guys, whose city I live in. Oh, brilliant. That's very nice to know. Well, um, if you ever bump into him, buy Brennan and coffee for me, please. Wintag, Real Life Ghost Stories and The Poisonous Cabinet have all become my new British best friends in my own head. Well, that is lovely, and I'm sure the other hosts of the other shows agree with me. Not that they listen to this. They might, and if they do, hello guys, I'm sure you all agree with me. Right, where are we? Liverpool on the west coast of the UK is somewhere I've long wanted to visit ever since I found out through a family tree that my great-great-great-grandfather was a ship's captain and he left Whitehaven and sailed all the way around the globe in the 1860s to Vancouver Island, Canada, where I now live. That's very interesting. Well done, you, Taya. Well, well done to your great-great-great-great-great-grandfather. I need to start my email with some history. Pretty please do. This information has been paraphrased from Eve Lazarus's website. Eve Lazarus is an author who has written many books about local historical true crime stories. In 1936... Doris Gravelin's strangled corpse was found on the seventh fairway of the Victoria Golf Course. She was assaulted and then killed. Her estranged husband, Victor's body, was found just off Gonzales Point near the golf course about a month later. 
the investigation helped the coroner's jury decide that Victor had killed himself after killing his wife. Locals soon started reporting sightings of her ghost. According to local legend, if a couple saw her, they would immediately break up, and her ghost wouldn't leave until her son was told the truth about her murder. So that's Eve Lazarus's paraphrasing out of the way. Let's get right to Taya's story. My event happened one evening in early spring, sometime in the late 90s. Since Victoria is on the tip of Vancouver Island, it is surrounded by water, so early spring has a lot of fog and mist by the water. My partner at the time and I would often go for drives in the evenings and since Victoria Golf Course has a public road that runs through it, we would often do that route. This particular evening had a full moon and it was misty along the edge of the water, but it had not yet started crawling across land and onto the road. I was not happy with my partner due to finding out recently that he'd cheated on me. Since I was young and stupid, I'd kept the information to myself and not yet confronted him. So I spent most of the drive staring out of the passenger window at the ocean on my side. As we approached the golf course, I noticed the mist was getting thicker. I looked out of the front of the car and saw the thick mist, not yet fog, had tendrils reaching across the road ahead of us. It was mist fingers reaching out of the ocean as if it was going to grab something off the golf course and drag it back to the sea. I noticed a figure standing at the side of the small road ahead of us. It seemed to be glowing, but I assumed, since the figure was in white, that it was due to the mist and the full moon shining through it. As we got closer to the figure, I could see that it was a woman. I wondered why this woman was in the middle of the golf course alone at night for a second, but it wasn't that late and the road did run through the golf course. I kept watching her just in case she was in distress. As we came parallel to her, I saw she was staring away from the road towards the ocean. When my window came next to her, she suddenly turned towards me and put her fingers to her lips as if to shush me. I was startled and turned to my partner to see if he'd seen her, but he cut me off and dismissed me, basically shushing me again. I turned back to the window, but she was gone and she was not in my mirror. I turned around to see if I could see her out of the window behind us, and I saw a glowing, misty figure out on the course. We didn't immediately break up as per the legend, but we did go on and off for a few more years. I gave birth to our child in 2002, and within a year, I'd kicked him to the curb permanently. That kid is the best thing that's ever happened to me, and I have never put up with cheating arseholes again. I hope you enjoyed this story. It's one of many ghost stories or supernatural events that have happened to me. I'll send in more stories in the future once I can put them into words from my memories. Wow, Taya, that is terrifying. Oh my God, the idea of that woman turning around and going, shh, in your face, what? I mean, then your dickhead boyfriend turned around and going, yeah, shh, um, no, you should have kicked him out of the car and just went, look out for the weird woman behind you, she's going to tell you to shush, and I'd recommend you do so. Lest she haunt your brain, little boy. That is terrifying, though, it really is. Genuinely a bit scared now, in this alone in this flat. So thank you, Taya. Anyway, she'll move on and have another. Our next email comes in from Jim, who's emailed us before, and Jim writes, Hi, Kevin. Hi. Becca. Meow. Oh, wait there. Becca. <laughs> Becca. Hi. Wait, wait there. Hold on. I'm getting all my people mixed up. Hi, Kevin. That's me. Hi. Hi, Becca. She's not here. Hello. 
don't know what the fuck that is. And hire the neighbour's cat. Meow. That's what a cat does. Well done, Kevin. Moving on. Here are the recollections of the night my grandmother died. Brace yourself, guys. This is Jim's story. I was 14 years old, and my mother and I lived with my grandmother. She'd been suffering from stomach cancer for the previous year, and the end was now in sight for her. Her suffering had been great, and her quality of life had been particularly poor for the previous couple of months. She was a wasted, skeletal figure, and we and the rest of my family were ragged with the effort and anxiety of trying to care for her. In what would be her last evening, we sat in the living room, with me on the floor as there weren't enough seats to go around, and listened to her laboured breathing from the next room. The adults took turns sitting with her until, in the early hours of the morning, she died, leaving her withered body an empty husk. I remember going to see her after she died, her eyes staring glassily into nothingness. Once she was gone, and we'd all seen her, the undertaker was called, and we gathered in the living room again to collect our thoughts. The pressure was relieved and the sudden lack of tension lifted the mood. Even though we were all now mourning, I sat on the floor cross-legged in front of the television and there was something of a sense of a job well done and that we'd given her the care that she needed. I got a sense that the levity wasn't universally appreciated, however. First, the rubber plant, an eight-foot-tall specimen that stood unmolested in the corner behind the television, took that moment to fall on me. It hadn't moved or been touched other than to water it since it had previously been repotted some six months ago. We all got a fright, me especially as it landed on me, but it was just one of those things so we thought nothing more about it. Maybe half an hour passed and we were expecting the undertaker, when the light bulb fell out of the main light fitting in the room and landed in the middle of the floor on the carpet. This had never happened before and I don't know of any other instances of it happening, so it was much harder to explain away. Neither the bulb nor the fitting were new, so it didn't make any sense at all that it should happen, never mind on this specific night. My uncle put the bulb back in, and just then the undertaker arrived. Within a few minutes, my grandmother's mortal remains were removed in a fiberglass shell of a coffin. The rings my mother said were impossible to remove from my grandmother's fingers had been removed and given to my mother, and the house felt strangely empty? No, not empty, but certainly different. As we continued to decompress before trying to get some sleep, the light bulb that had been replaced in the fitting shattered and scattered hot glass all over the room. Perhaps it was all just natural. Perhaps my grandmother wanted a note of solemnity to mark her passing rather than relief. In any event, this is what happened when my grandmother left this world. Oh, this part isn't in any way spooky, but it might amuse you. A day or so before she died, she spoke her last words to my mother. She said, Come here, I've something to tell you. That's all she said. Let's hope she wasn't trying to tell us where the looted diamonds were or anything. I'm almost caught up now, and I'm still enjoying your shows. From Jim. Why, thank you, Jim. That's a lovely thing to say. And thank you so much for the story. It certainly is an interesting one. When somebody passes over, do they want to let you know? Do they? Are they happy if you're, like, relieved, such as in Jim's case? I don't know where I'd be like if I died. 
and came back as a ghost. If I seen people like going, where's the party? I want to lose control. I'd be like, oi, stop singing some of Madonna's lesser known songs and probably be angry myself at smash a bulb. Interestingly, me and my friends have this pact. I've got about seven or eight. Well, you should know, shouldn't you, if you're this close. But I've got about seven friends who are like brothers to me. We've grown up right through junior school, um, high school, all our working lives, and we're still as close to this day. We're like brothers. And we made a pact when we were about 15 that if one of us dies, we'd let the others know by unscrewing a light bulb in the room they're in at the time. But, touch wood, none of us have died as of yet, so we'll never know. And if right now a bulb falls out of the ceiling, we could have one of the most terrifying moments on the show ever. And I, of course, would be devastated. But let's hope that doesn't happen, and therefore move swiftly on. Our next email is from Charlotte. Charlotte writes, Hi Kev, hi. Becca, hi. And the neighbour's cat, meow. There you go, not bad. I've got a bit of a combination of a story to tell you today. The two stories I'm about to tell you have both took place in two different houses that I've previously lived in and the events that have taken place in these locations. Both are located in the same town. Okay then, let's go for it. This is Charlotte's story. The first story is set in the house I grew up in with my younger brother. When we first moved in with my mum and dad, I was only a few years old. Within the first few months of us moving into this house, tragedy had struck. My dad's sister had died of epilepsy. Then, my dad's dad had passed a little while after this. A few months later, my dad's best friend also passed. To me, this seemed more than coincidental. My dad suffered greatly, as you can imagine, and I believe this may have added to the oppressing atmosphere already in the house. As far as I'm aware, not one member of my family experienced any paranormal activity during the many years we lived at the house. It was only until we bought a new house and we were preparing for the move that we started to experience any activity. The only thing I can comment on is the constant feeling of dread and negative energy as soon as you entered the house. The first incident was on a school night. My dad worked away and it was just my brother, my mam, and myself in the house. My mam was in the bathroom, my brother downstairs, and myself in bed. All of a sudden, I heard what sounded like a child giggling whilst running on the landing outside my room. I instantly thought it was my brother. However, straight after this occurrence, I heard my brother shouting at his game downstairs, so it would have been impossible to assume it was him making the noise. My mam then began shouting, Charlotte, why are you messing about on the landing? From the bathroom. To which I replied, I'm in bed, it's not me. We didn't really know what to make of the situation and didn't think much else of it. A few weeks later, I was downstairs on my phone and my brother was again on his PlayStation and my mam again was in the bathroom. This time out of nowhere, my brother and I thought we heard my mam choking very loudly. We both immediately shouted up the stairs to check she was okay. To which she started shouting to check if we were okay, as she thought the noise was me and my brother messing about. Again, we still have no explanation to this day. A month after these experiences, we were sorting through the attic to get rid of items before our move, when my dad came across some divorce papers and death certificates. The creepiest thing was that each and every paper or certificate had the surname on the papers, 
beginning with the letter H, which is exactly the same letter our surnames begin with. The last night in our house was by far the strangest. My mum and dad were chilling out with a bottle of wine between them to calm them before the busy day ahead. My dad occasionally would enter the kitchen to top up the glasses of wine. Each time he did so, he noticed the knife drawer was left open. Each time, he believed one of us was playing a trick on him, to which none of us did because we had rarely been in the kitchen all that time. The second part of the story was the house my mam, my brother and myself moved into after my mam had split up with my dad. I was at the age of late teens by this point and had been in a very unhealthy and traumatic relationship. I was seeing this man on and off after we'd split up, much to my mam's and brother's dismay. So one night I was coming home from my partner's house and thought I'd ring my mam before I had set off to tell her I'd be back soon. As I got home 20 minutes later from the phone call, I entered the front door. My mam had a confused look on her face. She would normally greet me and ask how my day was. All I got from her was, What have you been doing? Why have you come through the door again? To this, I was now also confused. What do you mean? I've literally just come through the door. She replied with, I've just watched you go upstairs. I literally had a conversation with you five minutes ago and you said you were going to bed and walked upstairs. At this point, I was freaking out, of course. I had to persistently tell her I'd just come in. She was so confused. After this, I made my brother check all the rooms in the house to make sure there was no intruder. He did tell me that 30 minutes before I came in, he had a horrible gut feeling that something awful had happened to me. Bearing in mind he had no idea at this point what my mam had witnessed. This caused me to get shivers down my spine, as they say. We did joke afterwards over the situation about a Charlotte number two being ever-present in the house. In all seriousness, though, this did make me think, did my mam see my doppelganger? Or was it a ghost mimicking me? Or perhaps she wanted me to come home so badly, out of harm's way from my abusive ex-partner, that she subconsciously hallucinated the whole thing? I would love to know your thoughts on this. Keep up the amazing work on your shows. They keep me going at work. Many thanks, Charlotte. Why, thank you, Charlotte. And firstly, let me say, I'm so sorry that you had to put up with an abusive partner. But I'm convinced that karma exists and I'm especially convinced that these abusers in relationships do get their just desserts in one way or another. So you just leave it to the fates, my love. I'm sure they'll take care of it. But anyway, your doppelganger. Don't get many of them on this show. So I've just had a strange breathing sound and it wasn't me. Um, But we don't get many of them on this show. What I will say is I don't think your mum hallucinated it due to being concerned for your welfare. I'm not saying she wasn't concerned for your welfare. I just mean, I think when you're really anxious about somebody returning home, you kind of don't believe it even when they are home. Do you know what I mean? Like when you see people run over and go, it's really you, and you hug them and you squeeze them and you squeeze the cheeks. I think your brain's more likely to convince you that it's not them when you're that concerned. Not, I'll just hallucinate to make myself feel better. I don't. So I don't think it's that. I am intrigued by the fact your brother, around the same time, said he had a thought that you were in danger but didn't see what your mum had seen. And it makes me think, my theory would be this, right? Maybe on your walk home, there's one for you, everyone. Maybe on your walk home, 
you were close to death. And what I mean by that is I always wonder how many times as a split second decision or judgment saved our own lives and we don't know about it because we're alive. Do you know what I mean? So let's say, for example, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Let's say you pick up a pound coin that's been dropped on the street because somebody's dropped it. And when you stand up from that, you think, oh, I didn't notice there was a walk down there. I'll go that way. So you go that way and you avoid the murderer or the mugger or whatever else. But to you, you don't know that you're oblivious to it. You just had a nice walk home down a different route. And it makes me think, I wonder if like in a parallel world, you've stopped to tie your shoelaces and a car's hit you. And it's been a parallel world that is maybe, nobody should ask my opinion and this is why, but that's maybe very close to this one. And that sort of reverberation of such a horrific event or accident has reverberated through into this world and has made this, I don't know, this apparition appear and made your brother feel anxious? I don't know. The one thing that you'll pick up from me saying several times, I don't know, is the simple fact that I don't know. But I will say it is a terrifying story and thank you so much for sending it in. Amazing. Thank you so much, Charlotte. Brilliant stuff. And now it's time for the Beckerless Becker's Reddit Corner. Ladies and gentlemen, now it is time for Paranormal Reddit Corner with Kevin. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't think that would sound that bad. It bloody did, didn't it? Was anyone fooled? I think everyone was fooled and they now believe we've renamed the segment. Anyway, so what we have here then is me. Hi, I'm pretending to be Becca. And I'm going to read you something that's been posted on Reddit on the Reddit slash ghosts part of Reddit. Yes, that's how you pronounce Reddit. Oh, it's a thread, isn't it? A Reddit thread. Yes, by a Redditor. And I'm going to read you what somebody's put as a true ghost story within the last 24 hours. You ready? This is called, Something Just Smacked Me in the Face As I Was In Bed. To give a little context, let me start by saying I've always felt like maybe there's something in my house. You know, the usual stuff like feeling things and hearing shit. Yo. I, I put the yo in. I've heard a couple of stories from friends that have stayed there the night, saying they've heard things like doors close and whatnot. I've never really been worried since I've been here for about seven years, so my idea is if something malicious was here, something would have happened. And maybe the stories I hear don't add up. Although there was one night I was laying in bed, half asleep when all of a sudden I felt something push me, then scream in my ear some obscenity along the lines of, I'm gonna... But then it cut off there. I just chalked it off as being half asleep. Well, fast forward to today. I'm lying in bed, still awake, when I feel something smack me in the mouth. Again, maybe I'm just talking out of my ass. And I don't know it because maybe I was half asleep. But damn, that was spooky. Guess I won't be sleeping tonight. Well, there you go. Thank you so much, XHawkX77, for your terrifying story. One thing I did notice during that story is just how bad an English person sounds saying ass. I'm going to kick your ass later. We say arse. Let me see. I'm going to kick your ass later. That's what you say in Scouse. Let me try saying ass in Scouse. There we go. Hey, what are you looking at? I'm going to kick your ass later. Ooh, that doesn't sound right at all. I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to kick your ass later. Anyway. The story. Is that scary? Yes, it is. Of course it is. Am I convinced? Mm, I don't know. 
would you be as blase as that? Do you know what I mean? Would you be as blase as, so I'm laying there and something smacks me in the mouth and I'm like, huh, guess I won't get any sleep tonight. I don't think you would. Like I've said, you'd be in absolute state of shock. You'd be a quivering wreck. You wouldn't be jumping on Reddit. That's my opinion on it. I don't know whether you guys feel the same as me with that. But if you're lying in bed and he did say, or she did say, or they did say that they were awake at the time. So you're laying there awake. So you're awake. You sat on your couch and something whacks you in the mouth. Do you go, damn, bro, I guess I won't be getting any sleep tonight. I don't think you do. Do you know what I mean? I think you run to the nearest corner. You hope Becca's not in it. And you sit down and you go, oh my God, oh my God, did that happen? Am I losing my mind? Somebody please get me two priests, one young, one old, and also a doctor just to be on the safe side. And that's what you'd do. And you'd probably get some salt as well. Don't know why. Um, maybe get some chips too. But my point is, I don't know. I don't know. I think what's happened is they've woke up and thought, did something touch my face then? I think something touched my face. And over the retelling of the day, it's turned into something bust my lip, man. Don't think I'm getting any sleep tonight, yo. So maybe, maybe not. I don't know. So there you go. Don't worry, guys. This is the one and only time I'll be hosting Reddit Corner. I tell you that much. Because right now, I'd normally be in the middle of an argument with Becca. And it's no fun arguing with yourself. I can try. Don't get me wrong. But I think it would suck ass. See? Just sounds shit, doesn't it? I think it would... I'll try and do it in, without trying to do an American accent. I think it would suck ass. Nope. That just sounds awful. I think it would suck ass. Well, that just sounds horrible. Anyway, guys, I'm going to start talking about asses and asses, and I'm going to let you all go. Thank you so much for joining me here. I will speak to you all next week, and we should, touch wood, have Becca return. Okay, you wonderful people. Take care of yourselves. Tatty bye. <laughs>